Hi, my name's Alistair. Hi, my name's Kat. This is Ali Kat, and we're bringing you Bampot Productions podcast. Now, yes, several pieces of news today. You were, yeah, you were mentioning this this morning. Yes. Um, what is dominating the news is FIFA. Yes. And it just seems that the football scores are latter compared to the politics. Um, Iran's playing Wales, and um. It's just they're not really talking about the actual game. Well, I mean, they are, but at least in the press clippings that I'm seeing, and this isn't just in the UK press, this is like online. It's like, it seems they're focusing on politics. Okay, because a lot you've of had Iranian... your say. Now it's my turn. No, well, I've not completed what oh. I'm going to say. Well, I was going to make no, a suggestion. Not... Of, uh, oh. What suggestion is that? I was just going to say that you're not particularly interested in sports or, or football, particularly. I think you don't read the sports sections of, you know, the different um, pages. So I think that you'll find the sports news about the World Cup in, like, other articles to do with politics. Because you often go to, like, the, the World Affairs section of newspapers and websites. I, I suspect, like, if you're interested in sports and you're watching the sports, that is centre stage. But I think just because your interest is in politics and geopolitics you're probably finding it as a secondary part of the story rather than the the primary. Mm. I think that's the reason. Cause I've, I, I, Maybe. I'm, I'm not sure about that because I do think FIFA has been highly politicised, to um, be honest. Yeah, although they're trying to avoid it. Like, well, I mean, maybe it is because those news articles are coming to me because I'm interested in geopolitics. Yeah. Um, I know there were a lot of Iranian fans that didn't sing to the national anthem. I saw that, yeah. Um, they had signs up, um, but I think these are Iranians that are what you call expats. They don't live in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's easier for them. I know there's been an Iranian foot... An Iranian foot... An Iranian player on the football team that has been arrested. Yeah. Um, apparently they're saying, I don't know, he's been... He's anti-regime or something, I forget. So... It's and there were a few fans from England that were dressed as some of that were dressed in outfits that uh were reminiscent of the Crusades. Yes. Um. So and they were turned away at the stadium because that's obviously something that would be okay in England, but maybe in other countries they don't really get the context. Also, they don't like it. Um, because the Crusades also that that they killed the Muslims. So the thing is though, and it is. But the Crusades never went as far as Qatar. Like well, it was in the Middle East though. Yeah, but it went to like Jerusalem. That was the whole point. Yeah, but why would they be so insensitive and dumb as to think that that would be okay to do? Maybe some of them got lost and ended up in you know. Well, Qatar wouldn't have existed then. Southeast Asia. It was all just sand, right? With undiscovered oil. Gas mainly, and plus it's not really under the sand. It's mainly in the the water offshore. I think most of Qatar's production happens offshore. I don't really think they have. Okay, they have a lot of oil by like an average countries, you know. But I think as far as like, oil, it's mainly gas production they do, and I'm pretty sure it's almost all off hmm. offshore. Well, like my point is, is that yeah. there's a historical context to them dressing as crusaders the crusaders but that's part of our history are we not allowed to be proud of our i just think why do they need to politicize it surely they should just be there to watch a sport yeah but they're english so i know only an englishman would think of doing that 
I think a I certain learned... type of Englishman. Mm. A doble one. I think lots of countries play up historical stereotypes. I think that's just an English thing. Look at the Scots nationalists defending the English. Well, I never. Okay. Well, that was pretty mean. <laughs> what do you mean that was mean? Was that below the belt in your opinion? No, not at all. You say it every podcast. <laughs> I don't say every podcast. Yeah, I think you always comment that I'm a Scots nationalist. Okay. I actually read that ruling the other day from the High Court. The one that was released on the 23rd of November? Yes. I read you it. Read so full ruling? My brother actually sent it to me. So I'll be honest, I skipped to the conclusions at the end. Um, and it turned out that the argument that we hypothesized on the podcast that it was about self-determination, like the, the right of nations to self-determination, is actually what the uh, what they that was the basis for them arguing for um, the right of Scotland to hold its own referendum without Westminster and the Supreme Court in England basically said, you know, no, there is a devolution settlement where um, Scotland is a subsidiary of England that doesn't, you know, self-determination doesn't, doesn't cut it in this case. So basically said, you're a subsidiary, you're not uh, your own like judicial or like, you're not a separate equal judiciary yeah which um, a point my brother made which was very interesting i think it's true is that this actually may frame the next um uh, independence debate or arguing for the referendum where it's like look you're not even you don't have sovereignty now in scotland like you don't have the right to pull out of this it's not a, a union of equals you are like according to their own laws like you are not um uh, this isn't a sovereign lawmaking body it needs permission for these constitutional matters so i think that's probably going to be the framing of the next one which is possibly why they did it uh, yeah i mean i don't really know where the snp are going with this so nicola sturgeon has actually written an article mm. or i don't know if she wrote it but there's an article in the economist about this probably because it's linked to the ruling on the 23rd and she's basically said the opposite of what I had said. I said probably people wouldn't vote for Scotland to leave the UK in this current climate because of all the chaos. She's saying the opposite. Mm -hmm. She's saying because of the chaos, people should vote to leave. Right. Because Scotland, 70% of the electorate in Scotland in the Brexit vote, they voted to remain in the EU. Yes. So she was saying Scotland was really taken out of the EU against its will. Which and is she's fair. saying Scotland yeah. is underperforming against... She's saying that the UK as a whole mm -hmm. has a very poor economy. Yeah. And is under... Performing. performing compared to the other G20 countries. Which is true. So she was basically saying because of the chaos... People should vote in the referendum. Too. Although that so is the problem goes, I've I've heard a lot of people put this poor economic performance in the UK down to Brexit, and I have to say I don't think that's fair. Um, productivity in the UK has been stagnant for since two thousand eight. For fifteen years plus. Yeah, and actually it was growing at a slower rate than other countries for some time. Prior to two thousand eight. Yeah, but it was kind of masked by the fact that um, a huge amount of money in the UK comes from banking. Like we have a, a as a percentage of GDP, it's higher, 
and the kind of intense profits that that mm. was generating kind of offset productivity up to 2008. But yeah, this has been like a decade and a half issue for economists. We're like, shit, why is product... And I mean, it is, it's stagnant. Like it's not developing at all. Um, it's a real kind of head scratcher. You see a lot of article that The Economist writes about it every now and again. And Bloomberg, I've read a few articles on where they're like, what the fuck is happening in the UK? Like they're not... Like the productivity is just totally, totally stagnant. Um, so I don't think that's just Brexit though. That's been an issue for a long time, um, and I'm not entirely sure. I have a few theories on what caused that, but I don't. On I don't what caused know. Brexit? No, on, on what, what caused... causes the kind of stagnant productivity. But we've talked about it on the podcast before as well. Like, I do think that it's maybe a little bit too neoliberal with the economy in the UK. Mean? So Remind I think me again what that term means in the context of economy. Kind of low it ends up being sort of low wages, but the idea is that you have very little regulation, very little social protections, and you let the free market decide, you know. Kind of like what they do in the United States. Only even there... Because um, they've got the free market economy there, I thought. They do. However, they also have kind of very strong, um, I think, like tech sector. They have very good energy markets. Like They have a very well-rounded economy where um, people almost instinctively... And actually, they don't really have... A free market, like a lot of high tech industry is heavily subsidized by the government, like a lot of this is kind of the military industrial complex mm -hmm. in America has a hell of a lot of money and taxpayer money. And that performs a hell of a lot of the research and development um, of technology that is then kind of, you know, makes its way into commercial and private hands. Um, but that's. Yeah, like, you know, think of something like, say, Boeing as an airline company. They're not really a free market company. Like, a whole, like a lot of their money comes from government contracts, government, you know, subsidies in that regard. In fact, they, they also had a few issues where they were, like, being subsidised so they were competitive against Airbus, the European manufacturer. Um, so while they maybe operate in markets where they sell products, they actually do get a lot of subsidy for bringing tech and stuff in and developing tech, doing research and development. Um, I would also say that in the UK, one of the issues is that a lot of the, they talk a lot about kind of, you know, workers need to be more disciplined and kind of disciplined to work harder, work better, be more productive. But employers also need to be disciplined. Like they take the easy route. Everyone takes the easiest route they can, or most people will take the easiest route they can in a situation. And in the UK, we have very, very low wages compared to other developed countries. And those wages, relatively speaking, are getting lower and lower further away from, from other nations. And I think this idea of like kind of paying lower wages means that employers don't need to invest in, say, the technology or efficiency savings that would make them more productive because they can just pay workers less and have that eat up like the slack that, that picks up the slack there. Um, yeah, I think that's partly the issue and like because of that we actually have very low levels of investment in kind of new technologies and stuff and I say kind of factories making things in sort of high tech ways and, and more efficient ways, um, less so than other countries in Europe and, and other developed countries. I think that's probably a major reason is that like, 
You can talk about workers not being disciplined enough to work harder, but I actually think that employers in the UK aren't disciplined enough to um, make sure employees are more uh, more productive. They get to take the easy route and just pay them less. That's my two cents. On so it. you're saying that if employees are paid more in the UK, then they would be happier, there's more productivity and there would be less strikes because everyone at the minute in every sector, private and public, seem to be going on strikes, particularly the public law. I think that's part of it, but also part of it is just that if wages were higher, employers would be forced to bring in technologies that make staff more efficient. So, like, at the moment, the way supermarkets work is, you know, you've got a lot of tills, you've got a few self-service, that kind of thing. Um, whereas if wages were, say, 40-50% higher, um, grocery stores would have to really figure out ways to bring in technology to offset those high wages um, and make each worker that remained in the job more productive overall because, you know, they're being assisted by robots, um, automated systems. So you think that's the main reason why... Brexit happened? No. No, I, there's got nothing you think to do that's Brexit. the main reason why, sorry, the economy... Productivity well, has, has been, been stagnant tanking. Well, UK. I mean, it's not really tanking, it's, it's already tanked. So you think the reasons that Nicola Sturgeon are giving are not really valid then? I don't know, I didn't read that article, but if she was saying that... She's basically saying because of the, the chaos, people should leave because the economy isn't good. No, I agree with that, um, I think that's and because fine. because Scotland was taken out of the EU against its will. Bear in mind, 70% of the electorate here mm -hmm. voted to remain, which is a huge majority. That's fine. But if she's saying that Brexit has caused the low productivity or the poor economic mm -hmm. condition, I would disagree with that. I think it has to some extent, but it's not the main thing. This has been an issue for much longer than, than Brexit. So in your opinion, mm -hmm. would independence solve these issues for Scotland as a country? Could do, or it might not, depends. I think being more closely aligned to European sort of values on this is clearly the right option. Like the way that European countries run their economies tends to be more... Um, How do they run their economies? Resilient. It's not a free market then. Well, it is, but they have slightly more in the way of kind of worker protections. Um, and they're happier to kind of like point out the failings of employers as much as they do workers. Like people complain about over-unionised workers, things like that on the continent, but... There's also far more willingness for like governments to kind of crack down on employers as well and say, actually, you need to be better, you need to do better here, do better there. Um, I think overall that's that's probably true. But um, okay. I think likely being more closely aligned to the economic model of Europe is better than what the UK is doing. Um, so, like, do you think Scotland, if Scotland ever gained independence... How easy do you think it would be to get realigned with the EU markets and join the EU? To again? join the EU, I don't know. I mean, how easy would that actually be in reality? People talk about this a lot. In fact, it's something. Would it be easier than what people say it is, or would it be harder than what people say? I think it the is? correct answer is nobody knows. Like I've heard people talk very confidently on both sides, saying it would guaranteed be in the next day. And then other people have said... But nothing's a guarantee, though. Yeah, and then other people have said, like, oh, they would never be allowed in, it's not allowed, you'd be at the back of the queue. 
And it's like, the actually... Back of the queue, because there's a queue yeah. of countries that are trying to join prior to Scotland. No, there actually is. <laughs> there's, but, like, a huge amount. Everyone, yeah. Albania, Macedonia, Serbia, they, they, like, all want to join. So, on the one hand, Scotland doesn't meet the standard required at the moment to, to join the EU. What is the standard, though? There's a lot of different standard economic standards you need to meet mm-hmm. um, on things like the public deficit you're running, debt to GDP... There's a there's a lot of different issues. Um, the fur the further we go down Brexit, the less Scotland's markets will be aligned with European markets in a regulatory sense. So that would make it hard. Like you'd have to go back into that. Whereas like, the day after Brexit, Scotland was still fully compliant with the EU market. However, like there's a lot of this stuff's true, and people say, well, you can't join because that's a hard and fast rule. The point is that that there are zero hard and fast rules in the EU. The EU is an organisation of exceptions and vetoes and every country negotiating its own position within it. Like, every country has um, its own specific uh, membership agreement with the with the EU. So, I, Scotland's not compliant to get in at the moment. However, who knows if that's an issue or not. Every country is, you know gets to make their own rules and the EU can decide what they want to let in or not. So I think the answer is nobody knows how easy or hard it would be. I mean, so... I suspect it would be more easy than difficult, but I don't know. And I don't think anyone knows. But hypothetically then, let's say, if just for the sake of argument, mm-hmm. Scotland gained independence yep. somehow, either with or without the consent of Westminster, mm-hmm. and save we're rejected by the EU... Yep. How would things pan out for us then? You could have a, a number of different ways to deal with that. I think the most common one would be that Scotland would... So let's say Scotland voted to in a referendum tomorrow to leave the EU, to leave the UK. Mm-hmm. So Scotland and let's votes, see that it happens. No, well, so, and people vote to leave the UK. Yeah, okay. That's just an advisory thing so the government can mm-hmm. then say like that doesn't, it doesn't automatically mean you're, you're an independent country. It means that the the Scottish government can then go and negotiate for independence. And it may be that part of that negotiation is negotiating both with the UK and with the EU over the same time, and then presenting that to the people of Scotland and saying, okay, you know, so like, because withdrawing from the EU took a number of years to sort it out, and it still wasn't fully sorted out, but... Like, oh, I don't even know what is happening with that now because they never really talk about it. But that's my point with Scotland. I think it wouldn't all happen overnight and you wouldn't be left in the lurch particularly with it. So if we voted tomorrow to be an independent country, the Scottish government would then go and negotiate a like a settlement with the UK. They'd negotiate a settlement with the EU and then we'd take it from there. Like if the UK says, okay, that's it, you're off, like go on your own. And then the... EU says, yep, you can come in, then we'll do that. If the EU says, no, you're not allowed in, you've got to wait a while, then we can figure it out and say, okay, well, maybe we can stay in the UK until that day is met, and then the UK can accept that or refuse it. And if if you get a good deal, a deal that's you know acceptable, then you take it and you go for independence and you do it how you want. If you get a deal that's unacceptable, like not palatable enough, then you just don't. You stay in the UK and just say, ah, well, ditch that. Like, we don't want to be out of everything. <laughs> yeah. But there's an interesting book by... Um, do you remember we listened to that podcast the other day? Um, Leslie Riddick podcast. Riddick. It was one with the, the Scottish journalist and yeah. the, the journalist and the, yeah. the lecturer at the yeah. University of Western Scotland. 
So she's um she's really interesting. She wrote a book called um I think it was just called Smorgasbord. I haven't read it in a long Smorgasbord, time. Smorgasbord, or I know what that means. So it's that kind of like tasting board of mm-hmm. like different. She's very into Scandinavian country. I think she actually did the Nordic countries. Yeah, Nordic, she did mention that. I think she did a PhD in in Norway. Maybe just Norwegian. I'm not sure, but a PhD in politics. I think it was more historical political, mm-hmm. but I, I, yeah. Um, this book though is about all the different arrangements that different Scandinavian countries have with the EU and it's a, quite a short pamphlet like it's not particularly long but it was a very very good book in that it kind of showed that every country can have its own deal with the EU you don't need to be a full member to enjoy the benefits of it so Norway is kind of like every country has its own specific relationship with the EU and is in certain organisations and not in others. So she kind of wrote this book to kind of highlight, I think that for Scotland, this isn't a choice of like a binary choice of like you're either in or you're out of the EU. It's actually a, a very complicated kind of tasting board where you get to pick the bits that you want and the bits that you don't want. And it's actually quite a fun experience to go ahead and say, oh, we like this part of the EU. We want to do that. We don't want to do that. We like this. We don't want that. Um, all of that kind of stuff. Scotland's a very strategically important country. So there's certainly an advantage to the EU having us in the country. Yeah, we're at 21 uh, minutes. I was trying to indicate. So I know you were pointing to say we're over time, but you were very close to pushing the button to stop recording. I was way up there. Uh, no. Yes, I was. Okay. <laughs> yes, I was. Okay. I forgive you. So shall we call that a pod? <sighs> well, to wrap it up. Yes. No one really knows what the future holds. No one has... No one knows. ...has a magic eight ball, as they say in the US, or no one can see into the future, as they say in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What's that look for? Well, give a look. Well, that's a good good example. Yes, I liked it. it's a good example. So all these ideas and these predictions, um, yeah. Predi- yeah, it's yeah, it's very difficult to, to know. know. I will say one thing that this current climate is very chaotic. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I agree with that. Politically yeah. chaotic for years now, and um, yeah, I I hope things <laughs> pan out. I hope things pan out in in the long run. Okay, yeah. listeners. Bye from Cat. Bye from Alistair. Bye from Ali Cat at Bampot Productions Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod. At Bampot Pod, yes. Okay. Bye. Bye.